0: Bye. Right. Yeah.
1: The Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Bienesh. Today I am here with Rihanna. Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Should we do some French? No. I'm just oh, oui. Comment ça va? <laughs> bien et, et vous? Moi ça va très bien. <laughs> my, friend, my French is not good enough to have a 45-minute interview. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In well, French. that's a start. We have, but we practice, and then next time. There we'll, you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you have some very, very uh, exciting. Um, a, a very exciting event coming up mm-hmm. on uh, on March 16th you're releasing your first full-length album how are you feeling
2: uh, I'm feeling uh, nervous and excited <laughs> and I can't wait and I'm also um you know, I need more time. It's all those things at the same mm-hmm. time. You can't wait for it to come, and you also just think, "Wow, if I could just have a few more days." Yeah, because it's
1: just such a, a wild ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what would I do if I had an extra two weeks and an extra like? <laughs> and there's always those like what ifs, what ifs are. I'm but sure
2: students can relate to that too. Yeah, it's
1: <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. And in performances, we always want to do like our best, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to talk a lot about about the album and everything, but. Um, because I haven't had you on the show before, I would really like to talk about how you got involved in music, um, even before uh, your 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 first um, EP. Um, how did you how did you get involved in music? Where did? Um uh, well, I've been doing music for
2: a long time. Um, like many, uh, I think you know you you kind of. Pick up your first instrument and dabble around. Mm-hmm. And um, what was your I, first instrument? I played piano. I took nice. I took a I did all that all that stuff the piano conservatory and all of that mm-hmm. um, when I was growing up. And then I started taking some voice lessons and um, kind of actually did more classical stuff for a while. Um, and then uh, eventually I uh, well I started gigging some more and did some studies uh, in jazz as well. Um, and that sort of that was the turning point um, after. Um, graduating from high school and going to university that I um became more professional and so I started uh, making a living from playing music mm-hmm. and
1: but when you were doing classical first or were you always kind of uh
2: actually i well at that po- time I was doing jazz uh, at that point and then I jazz um, piano or, or? Uh, voice oh, okay. actually. okay yeah. and then I um I kind of went off into my little spiral of synths and mm-hmm. loop pedals and and all of that
1: from there. How did that happen? Did you just like stumble upon like a a software and you're like, whoa, my voice sounds cool with all this reverb on it? Or yeah, well, actually, I was um, I was
2: ge- well, you, you can relate to this, perhaps. I was I was starting to prep my final recital for for school, and I um I just wanted to do something different um because I. At the time i didn't realize it but i um i love arranging and i love producing Mm -hmm. um producing is actually the thing that i um really get a kick out of and um and so i i was feeling like when i was standing um in front of the band um with just the microphone which is a whole job in and of itself and like deserves all the respect in the world Mm -hmm. um i i just wasn't like getting to scratch that itch and so um I had seen a YouTube video with a a vocalist using a loop pedal on her voice and I thought whoa okay this person is is making an entire uh soundscape on her own with this loop pedal I want to do that Mm -hmm. and so um I just like went down to the store and grabbed one and um and then pulled together a you know, just one track for for my final recital, and uh, then I, I never returned it. <laughs>
1: okay, the pedal?
2: You yeah, it's, it. me uh, me. it's actually still the pedal I use to this day. So. Oh,
1: wow, mm-hmm. uh, and I can imagine that first time you use it, and you're like, oh, that's actually a lot harder than I thought. Um, yes, yeah, it is. Th- was that discouraging at all, or anyway?
2: Um, I mean, I found it exciting, because it it um it just pushed me to to improve it and luckily i was also getting into it at a time where i would say i was like pretty naive so i wasn't necessarily realizing um you know, like now I listen listen back and I'm like, ooh, that was, yeah. that was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, thank goodness I actually didn't have that insight at the time because I think maybe it would have stopped me dead in my tracks. Discouraging, um, yeah. Yeah, and so not really realizing that I was kind of off or out of tune or whatever um, was was sort of a blessing in a sense because, um, because I got far enough that I... I started realizing, okay, I could actually do something with this, mm-hmm. and that's where the real work started. Where it was like, okay, yeah. we gotta tighten everything up, and because a loop, a loop pedal really does expose your your mistakes
1: from thirty bars ago. They're yeah. still coming <laughs> back still around, there. so yeah, it's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Like, oh, there's that, there's that flat note or yeah. something. So you, yeah. so you really need to be like, like perfect, like or, or just like I'm gonna say perfect, but like well rehearsed. So you, yeah, you, you make sure you're always get, staying in, in key. Um, well,
2: I think it's like anything. Like, any instrument has its things that you really have to work on. So, like, a drummer, um, they really have to work on on time, of course. And, like, that's, like, kind of a non-negotiable for their instrument where they they work with metronomes a lot and obviously you know many musicians like it. I work with a metronome yeah. all the time <laughs> yeah. but um but it 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 is something that is like co- particularly important for drummers and and so I just look at a loop pedal as a an instrument where it's like okay for this instrument time is super important because you're making a beat and you're supposed to mimic mm-hmm. um what a what a, a beat maker would do, and a beat maker has a click and yeah. and software and all of this. So mm-hmm. um, if you're gonna kind of fit in that aesthetic, then then you better like spend the time to mm-hmm. to make it work.
1: And yeah. and and what were you doing to to learn that? Were you watching more YouTube videos, or was it a lot of trial and error, or did you take courses, or how did you start to learn about all that software and everything? Uh, well, at that time, I was still using a
2: lot of hardware. And honestly, at the moment, I would say I'm making the transition over to software. I was a hardware gal for a really long time. And still, if you look at my setup on stage, like that's why it's so heavy is that I, I do actually prefer the the physical um, gear. Um, and I do use some, you know, soft synths and that kind of thing on stage. But mm-hmm. um, for the most part, I'm, I'm using like the, you know, the knobs and the pedals and all of that. And everything is actually in the. In the hardware, rather than like in, um, you know, mm-hmm. in the computer here. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it meant that I was just I just spent a lot of time with the with the hardware. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, practice. Yeah. Uh, very very rigorous rigorously and um, c- keep looping it back and keep figuring out like even where you put your foot and when you put your foot down impacts how the loop comes back wow. because some loopers It's like a full body Yeah, yeah, um, you have to like really get into it. And I also just had to learn to really what my tendencies were okay I tend to rush here I tend to drag here or whatever and that okay. you know you have to kind of like pinpoint those things and then like,
1: try to mm-hmm. correct them That's so. and, and get them before they become ingrained so they have
2: to relearn it yeah. which can be hard or if you're trying like okay I want to drag here because that actually gives it that like smooth mm-hmm. feeling or yeah. that or that groove so mm-hmm. just being trying to be conscious of, of all of that and control it rather than be controlled by it
1: mm-hmm. so Switching to to software, how will that affect the sound? Um,
2: well, I mean, the record was made mostly on Ableton, which is like a, I guess I'm now I'm representing Ableton, <laughs> sponsor. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Hey Ableton, where yeah. you at? Um, so, uh, but um, it, yeah, it was made mostly on Ableton, with the exception of uh, of um, some of the live stuff being tracked on on Pro Tools, which is another. Yeah. Um, for those of you that uh, don't know about that, it's just another f- software that um, a lot of studios use to um, to track their their sounds. And so um, then it was a matter of taking what we made in the studio and adapting it for for the loop pedal. So it actually kind of went both ways. Like most of my beats, I started by making them on the loop pedal, and it was kind of this like lo-fi feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, of, of me like feeding sounds through um and then like getting compressed into the into the pedal and then them coming back out mm-hmm. uh into the into the record and some of some of those um loops did actually make it on the album so wow. they have like a very particular quality to them mm-hmm. um and then and then. Uh, Some of those loops, we recreated them. So we took exactly the same loop, but we made them in a more um, slick way. So the software uh, on the computer just allows you to access so many sounds. Um, uh, Basically like an
1: unlimited, like you you can't Um, ever get to the bottom of it.
2: Yeah. Um, Which means that, you know, we could really dig in. How Um,
1: How do you... Because I've 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 dabbled in software and I realized that it's probably not for me because I'm so indecisive. How do you how do you choose the sounds that you want to pick? I get that. Yeah, absolutely. That that actually to me is one of the things
2: I love about hardware. Wow. Is that yeah. it? It in a way when you're working with the physical world, like I remember making my my EP um, boxcar lullabies, which is is as you pointed out earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm four years old now, and um, and I was just doing stuff with what i had so that means that like some of the sounds on the record are literally me hitting the floor um with a drumstick in montreal while i'm on tour like <laughs> it, it, and uh, or like a f- iphone recording of trains you know as they they pass by in toronto or like all these it's so funny to think of all these wow. weird little sounds and and um so that is one of the things i do love about hardware is that its limitations can sometimes lead to um really creative yeah and so i'm glad to have that as a starting point that helps me be more decisive because like you i also do have a bit of an indecision mm-hmm. problem yes. so <laughs> then um then uh is having kind of that starting point on hardware for me is really helpful because then yeah. I
1: can I can um, use that as a guide in, in mm-hmm. software. Yeah, yeah, and then the, I guess the software can kind of sprinkle in and, and just kind of accentuate it a little
2: yeah, bit. Yeah, or re- if you are, repl- you know, like we ended up replacing a lot of the sounds and, and basically what it allowed us to do was just use the the loops as a blueprint and yeah. and then just try to um, get a slightly higher quality
1: of what was already there. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. So when you when you're 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 starting out with this this loop pedal, um, were you already kind of like I'm gonna start performing this, or when did that when did that come go from like kind of experimenting to being comfortable and and sharing it on stage?
2: Uh, there was no process. I was immediately <laughs> on stage um, because I come from kind of another world um
1: where are you telling me you're an alien? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> an alien. No, we're all aliens. You heard it here first.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I am an alien just like <laughs> all of us, yeah, exactly. so, you know, just a friendly alien. Yeah. Um <laughs> but um it no I'm, what I'm saying is that uh, I came from um coming from um kind of the freelance um musician world. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gigging all the time and you're gigging um, usually to um, provide a service. So whether it's um, playing in a restaurant or at a wedding or wherever. Um, and so I was just really used to constantly being uncomfortable in a sense, like, mm-hmm. or not, well, you know,
1: not... Being exposed like that. Th- yeah, yeah, having
2: to, to just, having to think on your feet and and be willing to, to just do what is required. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, which you know is one way to do it and another way to do it is like to to really work on something and really prepare it and (laughs) then and then hit the stage and and I think both are totally valid Um, it's just that for me I was already kind of in in there doing gigs so I would say that I just like had quite a few shows when I was developing as an artist. And thankfully, they're so long ago that I don't think anyone remembers or yeah. associates them. But where I just, um, I was cutting my teeth. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah just uh, we have a word in French called planter which is um, it's like hit the ground running. It, 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 Quite the opposite. It's no, kind of falling. <laughs> sort of like <laughs> falling on your face, and
1: the um, so plant so like planted. Like, yeah, okay. like
2: planting your face in the floor.
1: Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Okay, yeah. well, and you kept going. So, what was the, were those first few songs like? All all looping, or was it like I'm gonna throw in a loop now for this song? Or, thankfully, I did go back to my friend the
2: piano. Uh, that is uh ever loyal to me um for for some of that some of those shows so that I had something I was a little more comfortable with Mm but um honestly I would say that I was that I was playing drafts so so a lot of the songs that I was playing in those really early early shows are actually um songs that wound up on that first EP and they came you know some of them I was playing them live and I didn't even have a chorus yet like I was just I was Experimenting yeah, I was really experimenting and and um the songs really evolved alongside the this show in a way, and it's funny i I laugh at that now, but really, when I think about it that's actually what happened with this album as well, just hopefully at a slightly more professional level <laughs> um, but um i I did you know some of these songs that are on this new record mm-hmm. are quite old like they're one of them is is six well best of you um is is over six years old, and so that song has really had the chance to, to but change, yeah. and and yeah, and it has come quite a long way. And when I think about you know, twenty two year old me versus twenty nine year old me, like uh, playing it, it it has completely changed, and so that's kind of cool. And and I do like having that flexibility mm-hmm. to
1: let music grow. Yeah, I think that's that's I mean that's really interesting. And looking at like my own music, I do the exact same thing, but there's always like a thought in my head that no, it needs to be a finished song Mm -hmm. before you release it. But it's almost better to like incorporate the audience, but I guess depending on what show you're doing, if it's just like a small, like open mic or something, Mm -hmm. it makes sense. But I really like that idea of showing an unfinished song and, and seeing people like, and and if it doesn't fit or doesn't work well shaping it, because as a perfectionist, (laughs) I struggle with that. Um, showing your work yeah yeah. I get that so what was the what what would you say like when you were starting with Luby Petal what genre is it what what were you writing and do you think Mm. it's the same as what you're doing now oh I would say it's quite different from what Mm. I'm doing now um I uh I have no idea what
2: you would call what I was doing it was um it was quite diverse and um it was like uh not very focused which isn't necessarily bad I think it was great to have that period of time where there was kind of permission to do whatever you yeah. wanted and mm-hmm. and that actually I think has created a foundation where I do feel comfortable to try stuff um and so I'm really glad for that um, but yeah it was definitely kind of all over the place um and at, you know one minute I'd be writing a folk almost country song and then another minute I was writing these like more soul grooves and and then this you know more electronic metallic sounding cool. uh, riff so it it really was I, I wasn't thinking about what is this going to be how am I ma- going to market this mm-hmm. what's I, I was not thinking about that at all um, which I think was a, a really privil- privileged time actually because now you know everything yeah. has to be so slick, and and I'm glad Reasive. that it is. But um, but I do kind of uh, sometimes think that it was good to have that um, that
1: more loose time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and it and it was great for you, and you learn from it. And so you released um, Boxcar Lullabies and um, back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, how has your sound changed since then? Like obviously you evolve and and you kind of perfect like what you're doing um but from that time when you were kind of all not all over the place but um experimenting with different sounds Mm -hmm. how did you become more cohesive or more more focused i think uh, one sort of big
2: difference um with this new album is that i felt more comfortable and uh much more assured to say like I'm co-producing this and I'm this is my record and I know things Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and that seems maybe silly to say but um I um I really feel as though I owned every decision in this record um and not to say that you know I I do there's a lot of parts of boxcar Lullabies that I listen to and I think oh that's like I, I, have a fondness for it. Um, but I, d- there were some things on there that I, I didn't feel completely sure about. And, and I do feel, um, I do feel very close to every decision that was made on, on this album. And even though, of course, not all of them are mine. Like I had wonderful collaborators mm-hmm. and, um, and they came up with some great stuff that, Uh, brought the record so much further um than I would have on my own which is Mm -hmm. like the magic of of working with with great people um but yeah I I just feel very um I feel very good about about all of the choices that that we made Mm -hmm. they feel very um coherent to me
1: yeah oh amazing yeah that must feel so good and and you do you do You said that you're kind of taking ownership of it and you built all of this experience and you've done all this, this, this traveling and performing. So, you know what you want to sound like Mm -hmm. and you know what doesn't work for you. So, yeah, other people are are on it, but like they are using your direction. Right. So that's really exciting.
2: Yeah, it feels also, I think, good to feel comfortable in that as well. I I think, you know, for a while, I, I think I didn't. Realized that I was a producer, and I didn't realize that I was mm-hmm. um, someone that could take on that role and that could be involved heavily in mixing and and all of that. I think there are barriers, um, particularly to to women and and you know two spirit people and trans people um, or non binary people t- in in this music scene. I think we don't necessarily see ourselves in those positions, and right. and so a lot has changed for me since. Um, I first started making music to now and I just feel so much more free and comfortable and I just don't care about you know (laughs) (laughs) like I just don't don't care about the limitations that other people might have in their heads about like what a what someone like me could do
1: yeah that's awesome good for you it feels good it feels better yeah and I'm I'm, you probably that's probably from you doing it for so for so long (laughs) it's like yeah but Having all that experience, you you know, and I guess people take that for granted sometimes. Like maybe if they haven't heard of you before, like oh, who's this this girl that just like what does she know? But like no, I actually I got this.
2: Yeah, and I think also just from talking with other people who um, also are fighting for their place in the music scene, um, I I just gain a lot of strength from that and from the solidarity. Um, of those people in in the scene I I learn and grow um, thanks to them and so it's it's like this collective thing I think that um, that I am just seeing more and more people um, feeling self-assured in their uh, in their talent and in their in
1: in their um, in their work which is cool it's exciting yeah it's exciting to see where um, the industry is going for for the non- I guess men, men. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to say it, like, Who we love, uh, of course, yeah. but they're great. They're <laughs> and they've been doing some really great things for music. For but I think it's now it's time for a new perspective. There's room, yeah. yeah there's there room totally for, is for everyone. Yeah, there really, there really is room for everyone to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that you're embracing that and you're and you're not like uh, you're you're being vocal about it. Like it's one thing to like, kind of encourage it, but also to like like we're talking about it right now mm-hmm. and you're and because sometimes people just need to hear that. Um, yeah, and I love that. Um kind of to transition just a little bit the um artwork for this new album i i loved the album or the the music video for uh, best of you and you're like climbing out of the water tank like mm-hmm. the coolest thing I, Thank I, you. I was working at mental music over the summer and i had to like find new music videos and watching that I'm like this is like the coolest thing ever and I, I made sure to get it as the video for signal boost because i thought it was like the coolest thing um Thank you. <laughs> where, where does this um this imagery come from like it's very it's like the black background with the, kind mm. of the lights and the and the white. Um, same thing for Anaton um, Dandemet. Where did this 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 visual kind of aesthetic come from?
2: Uh, well, I um, I'm like a pretty big uh, art nerd. <laughs> <And> <laughs> That's awesome. I am. I love productions, whether it's like. Um, like my favorite feeling in the world which is just like the geekiest thing is the feeling of standing behind a curtain when you can hear the audience um on the other side yeah that's my favorite there's no other feeling like like that is truly one of my favorite feelings in the world and (laughs) and just seeing um you know seeing the pulleys and the lights and the and everything that goes into it and how, it, like, show show business in a mm-hmm. way, you know, and it sounds corny, but it's true, like, I love that stuff, and um, and so I love everything that has to do with it um, I, I had um, the very fortunate opportunity to work with um, Stephanie Kus-Houze, um projectionist uh, and video mm-hmm. artist um, from Saskatoon and so um I was I just had her images kind of swirling in my mind. Um and she uh she works a lot with these very vivid colors um and over these like dark backgrounds and and so I had talked to her like, Hey, I would really love to have you um work on my next video and do projections and so that was en attendant de the mm-hmm. first single. Um, and everything grew from
1: there, which I have to say, I loved the light thing, the spinning. <laughs> Thank the, you. Like the, I was so um, I, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, she is like on a whole other level. So <laughs> Thank I hate you. To fangirl. I hate doing that. But when I really appreciate something, I just got to make sure I get that across. Thank Continue. You very Sorry. Much. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah,
2: no, it's like really nice to mm-hmm. when when people enjoy it. You know, yeah. like that's what in theory that's it's why so we're doing cool. it. You know? it's so cool. <laughs> um, and I i had i had so much fun making that video um working also with jillian graining who's a, a dancer and choreographer here in the city um and that team that started with that video has since um kind of never uh let go of each other um because quite a few people that were involved in that video were then subsequently involved in the best of you video mm-hmm. um and then uh, that same crew again was Uh, quite heavily involved in my show that happened at the Goodwill in the fall, which was uh, with dancers and live projections as well. So Mm -hmm. to me, it was just, that's the fun stuff. Like I spend so much time working on marketing, working on booking hotels and trains and, and passports and this and that and budgets Mm -hmm. and like, okay, how are we going to get this pressed? And, and, and so the, Working on the videos and and the live show and all of that for me is like the, the, um, the carrot at the end of
1: yeah or the cherry on top
2: yeah there yeah. you go or it's well really it should be it should be the main thing but we we have so much as as independent artists we have so much other stuff we have to take care of so getting the chance to really sink my teeth in that um, that artistic stuff is really important to me
1: mm-hmm. yeah and that much that like you like you use projectors and you have this. This important theatrical aspect that must limit your performance opportunities, I guess, to, I mean, not necessarily limit them, but you have to be selective of where you're performing. Like before we started recording, we we're talking about like the bar setting is usually where people mm. are performing, which doesn't always work for all genres. Um, so when you're choosing venues or when you're trying to uh, plan a show, what do you keep in mind so you can have this, this awesome this lighting and the, the projector and everything?
2: Yeah, well, um, luckily for me, Steph um, is quite good at fi- making most spaces look good. She um, she maps her projections to, uh, she's very creative. So if, if, for example, we try something and it doesn't work, then she might find another wall to project on it. And maybe it's not the same wall that I'm on, but it's it's at, it's, it's the best mm-hmm. way to, to showcase both things. So, so we do have a bit of flexibility in that sense. But... Um, well, as I was mentioning to you earlier before we were on air, I, um, I do find that in general, I like, um, for, for this project, I like, um, soft cedars or, or places where We can really just sit and and listen um, to music. And for other projects that I've been a part of or, you know, these one off gigs that I sometimes do, like, of course, bars are super fun and can be like just the greatest um, atmosphere um, and super, super high energy. Um, It's just a different thing. That's just not the best way for this music to to be on stage. And I find that it's at its best when it's in a what's in it. A theater or in, or in a gallery or in a, yeah in a place that just encourages um
1: a, a different kind like of listening a, a different yeah. kind of like of art music almost. Yeah. um so when you're when you're booking your your tours or are you looking for like galleries and and theaters rather than like the bar or something
2: uh well I
1: I'm getting
2: to become slightly more selective but of course when I was road donging it when I was when I was younger um And kind of at the start of the project like you are not picking your rooms your rooms (laughs) let me play you you know (laughs) um so (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um luckily now i I do have the opportunity to to play um in in some some places that are that are quite beautiful and but i I do keep an open mind because you never know one of my favorite um places that i've ever played is is a Little place in Hanover in Germany, and I actually get to go back there this fall. I guess that's not announced yet, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, exclusive, exclusive for all you people wow. listening in yeah, Germany. Germany, don't.
1: <laughs> don't We're don't, coming. Don't
2: tell them. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> um, but it's this little cellar, and it used to be, um, it used to be a butcher shop. And oh, cool. Um, you know that sounds terrifying, right? Yeah. And who <laughs> would have thought? Um, but I, I just remember walking in there and thinking, this is incredible and it was um it was one of the best shows of my life I really enjoy so I try not I try to you know give some direction to to my booking team and and to um you know we try to make sure that at least technically it's gonna it's gonna have everything that we need but also to be open
1: to um to some whimsy to you never know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. well it's gonna be exciting yeah. um, so we will take a quick break we're going to listen to on attendndemain can you give a little bit of feedback of what that what inspired the song how that got started yeah well I wrote that song very quickly actually um, it was for
2: um, a uh, an event organized by Les Sano, which is one of our musical organizations for francophones here in Winnipeg um, Manitoba rather and um, it was a it was a project where you were given a theme and then you had to write a song on that theme and you had two weeks to write the song. But of course, I left it to like an hour and a half before. And oh my God. Mostly <laughs> because I just wasn't coming up with anything. And then uh, the theme was pourquoi pas, which means why not. Um, and that became the first line of the chorus um, mm-hmm. of the song. and And then I sat down at the piano, you know, an hour and a half before before this show where I had to play this new song that I hadn't written yet um, and suddenly just like just began to ball and wrote the whole thing and then went off to play (laughs) this show (laughs) Um, so it was this has not happened to me very much Um, if the people in charge of writing songs could keep this in mind i would i would like more of that where where you know it just yeah. <laughs> it's just, just, like, a, just let it normally like- it's this painstaking uh process for mm-hmm. me um that takes a lot of time but that one was kind of just a gift from the
1: from the skies so. wow yeah i mean I, for those listening i don't recommend Leaving any kind no, of definitely don't recommend <laughs> that I, this is not something yeah. that I'm you were proud very of. Fortunate. I was very,
2: very fortunate yeah. that the inspiration came mm-hmm. at that
1: time. Yeah. And it was strong enough that it became like when you're your you your singles, mm-hmm. which doesn't always happen so <laughs> no. you're really really fortunate so we're gonna listen to that song now and then we'll come back and talk more about the album release um kind of went, in, went into that and everything so um thank you everyone for listening stay tuned this is the winnipeg music project on 101.5 umfm i'm ashley bianesh i'm here with rihanna we're talking about um music and and lovely things like that uh, her album release of Nose Repare or no repair, no repare. <laughs> Um, is on March 16th at the Western Culture Center presented by Jazz Fest. Um, opening is Ashley Au and Gabby Osejo. Osejo, Gabby <laughs> Osejo. Um, what time does it start? Uh, it starts at eight, eight, mm-hmm. and uh, cover. Uh, so tickets are at Jazz
2: Winnipeg, I think they are 18 in advance, mm-hmm. and then something else at the door yeah, <laughs> probably so 22 or skip something
1: get like them in advance yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay awesome so when we come back we'll talk more about um, the album please
0: la sonnerie se réveille soudain pour venir accompagner le bruit des enfants des voisins qui crient leur impunité qui crient le fabuleux destin d'une vie à peine commencée Thank you. Se réinventer. c'est pas en attendant demain qu'on peut espérer faire échanger.
1: And you're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Binyash. I'm still here with Rihanna. We're here talking about her upcoming album release, which is of No Repair. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, you got am I, it. Am I bushy wow, right? <laughs> your French is just <laughs> improving by the minute. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> 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 which is on March 16th, which is the Saturday. Uh, it's going to be at the Western Culture Center, presented by Jazz Fest. Um, tickets are $18 in advance. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful show with um, Ashley Au and Gabby Ossiet. Yep, there it is. Opening, um, who are wonderful, um, Mm -hmm. very talented musicians. So it's going to be a wonderful night. So I do recommend uh, cancel your Saturday plans. (laughs) have any, and come on down to the Western Culture Center. I'll be there. For sure, <laughs> um, so I would. Oh, my chair is so squeaky. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> you got the tonight. you got the tough chair. Yours <laughs> doesn't adjust. It's squeaky. No, it's like almost at the floor. It's a broken <laughs> chair. So I apologize for the squeaking. People uh, fund fund your FM. Yeah, they need a new chair. <laughs> Next pledgeorama. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can donate. Um, <laughs> so uh, the French community. I I, I was a couple of weeks ago i was looking at my my um my genres and like who who i had had on the show previously and i don't have enough francophone artists um i didn't i don't know like it's just i mean i i know so many but i just like why don't i bring them on but i'd like to know um what is the Frank a uh, francophone or french music community like here mm. in, in Winnipeg maybe even nationally um and if people who are listening who are francophone or who write french music who want to get involved in it, how can they get
2: involved mm-hmm. well um the scene in winnipeg generally you know already i think of our, our winnipeg music scene and and um how tight-knit it is and and um mm-hmm. and then imagine that you know Even 20 smaller. times smaller yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there you there you have it yeah um the the thing about the the french community to me is that um there is uh, an amount of support that is and and solidarity that's really special and that i get a lot of um i get a lot of energy from that and a lot of nourishment from that um because it you know it is um making a a mostly french album out here in western canada um you gotta wonder like is is is, how's it gonna work out and, Mm -hmm. and how's it gonna play out and so having that like hometown um kind of community support from the french community is is really special and um that that being said it it's hard to define because it's quite diverse um you have so many different um people making music uh, in french so it's funny um to to sometimes think that they're group were grouped together because aside from well really it is the language that's collecting all these people together mm-hmm. and so so it is kind of this different funny thing where you have you have someone that like a, you have a rapper and you have a, a pop singer and you have a folk artist and you have an electronic artist and they're yeah. or a, a an artist that makes music for children and and we're all like buds and we all yeah our colleagues and mm-hmm. so so it is kind of different and funny in that way yeah and that the language sort of makes us interact um with each other even if Perhaps genre-wise, were were quite different. Um, I I like that. I like the the diversity of it, um, and that is, I think, quite particular to to Western Canada, or not necessarily Western Canada, but um, a minority community. Because um, bigger areas like Montreal um, or or Quebec at large, of course, that that scene is is vast, yeah. and and so um, I think that that like quirky. Uh, regroupment of of
1: people is not necessarily the same uh, out there as it is mm-hmm. here, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And d- do you immediately kind of have a connection with Quebec when, when you established yourself as a francophone artist, or is it like, is it kind of just like mm. this big big population? You're like, hello, I'm over here.
2: Ah, uh-huh, that's well, that's a pretty accurate um, imitation of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> hello, I'm over here. Um, it's it's a funny um, it's a funny relationship and um, sometimes it is a wonderful one and sometimes it is a frustrating one. Um, so it it the the reality is um, there's still a lot of work to do um, for. Um, for there to be kind of a seamless relationship Mm -hmm. um, there because we're very, very influenced by Quebec, um, of course, because they're such a major player. They output so much beautiful work, and, Mm -hmm. and that work influences us. And when I say us, I mean francophones, outside of Quebec. Yeah. And of course I'm speaking now it's like I'm putting on my hat and speaking on behalf of everyone which yeah. is not necessarily <laughs> accurate but based
1: on your personal Based on my
2: experience and co- many conversations that I've had with with peers yeah. um Quebec is influential for us and the truth can't be said yet the other way um because a lot of Quebecois people um not all of course but a lot of quebecois people are not aware that francophones outside of quebec exist or there's (laughs) no but it's it's true and and, or worse like toronto there's (laughs) other people outside (laughs) toronto (laughs) or or worse there are like some pretty um again not everyone but there are some some pretty vicious stereotypes about us out um out there yeah and so we're um i i would say that right now um there's there's been quite a debate actually nationally lately around francophones outside of Quebec um so Acadians and franco ontarians and and francophones from the west um, and uh, this has actually been a conversation that has been in the media a lot lately mm-hmm. um, and and there's been a lot of um interesting back and forth where you've had some people say some pretty nasty things about wow. uh, francophones outside of quebec but then you've had also some others come to the defense of of those so um it's honestly um it's, interesting. it's a whole other parallel that i think very very few anglophones know about which makes sense why why would you but um we're kind of living our own little political mm-hmm. um, moment and uh, i i think fundamentally it means that there's going to be
1: more room for us because the conversation is actually happening now whereas mm-hmm. it wasn't before and is this exclusive to like music or is it just being francophone and, and not living in quebec in general um it's it's not exclusive to music so it's it's a pretty wide
2: debate at this point and um i mean now we're getting into politics but yeah but it, a, it is interesting to know yeah, there's and been quite a lot happening
1: so when you're traveling or when you're planning a tour do you think like I need to go to, to communities that have French speakers or do you like I'm just gonna go everywhere or do you you head straight for Montreal or Quebec first? Or when you're planning a national tour, mm-hmm. where do you where are you thinking of going? So I am usually thinking about my major
2: centers where I have um where I have uh people who, who listen to the project and, and like the project. So for me that means um winnipeg ottawa montreal and toronto mostly okay uh, and then i've begun to add uh and to tour more and more um i've gone west and done some really fun shows um in out in that direction as well so i i try to build based on um relationships that i have with um with those cities so um each each tour allows me to to gain more and more momentum in those places. And mm-hmm. I try to, to keep going back and then maybe add a new place and a new place okay. um, over time. But in terms of the language split, um, I always have done bilingual shows with the exception of, you know, once in a while I'll be asked, um, to to only play in French if if it's for like a specific context where mm-hmm. let's say it's like an um, yeah a, a, a specific event that requires that or makes where that is most appropriate so then um, then I will do that but for my own shows where I decide um, I I almost I, I can't think of a show that's been unilingual mm-hmm. I, I can't yeah. remember the one yeah. l-
1: that would have been and it just yeah. it makes sense because that's what your life is. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally. guessing. I'm assuming I don't know your life, but I'm no, assuming well, that. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> you speak in French and speaking English. Yeah. It's like there's not usually a day where you're speaking one language specifically. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're going to when you first started before you had this this kind of base in these in these cities, how did you know where you wanted to go, or you just kind of like let's just go everywhere? <laughs> I mean, I was just doing things
2: based on what seemed to make sense. So. My first show with the project, believe it or not, was actually um, in Lille, which is a small city in the north of France. Um, and so I <laughs> actually just made a face yeah. for the <laughs> listeners out there. Your first um, show was
1: in France. <laughs> no big deal. Well,
2: it it... it happened for like <laughs> very serendipitously because i mean no okay i had done these other shows that i was telling you about where i was yeah. not i i didn't have any direction and i was just i was just presenting sketches and that kind of thing mm-hmm. but my first show as rihanna um with the full-on project um what was in lille in in uh in france and the reason was because i went uh, traveling for three months and i just brought my my loop pedal with me mm-hmm. and um, my friend picked me up at the airport in Paris and he's kind of a, he's like a, you know, a tastemaker and he's plugged in with everyone. Everyone loves him and he's a real cultural guy. And so he picked me up from the airport and we're driving. I remember we were driving down this like ramp out of Charles de Gaulle airport and he said, okay, so I booked you a show. And I was <laughs> like, what do you, what honor? You booked me a show and he's like, yeah, it's in eight days. And I was like, I, but I don't have any
1: you know i'm not yeah. ready and yeah. he was like well you got eight days. <laughs> you better be yeah. in eight
2: days you know and um and i remember just in the basement of his his parents house in the suburb of paris just like getting. because oh, it's the first show yeah oh, getting I see. my yeah. <laughs> getting my my website together and getting my like setting up the Rayanna Facebook page and like all these things I did in there because I I thought, oh, well, I better do all of this before. Might as well like ready, yeah. And so I didn't even, you know, people tell me, why did you, you know, why did you pick that artist name or all this stuff? And it's like, I I was just my I just needed a name. I was just, I had a show coming up Mm -hmm. and and so I didn't even have time to really think it through and um, luckily it's it's good. It it worked (laughs) out. Yeah, it worked (laughs) out. But um, yeah, that's uh, sometimes, well, as you said, like indecision can be tricky, right? So sometimes, having no like you just have to move and you just have Mm -hmm. to do it you have no no choice yeah Yeah. sometimes that can be quite a powerful propellant um and so uh (laughs) that's I really had no rhyme or reason to what I was doing at the time I was I was just going where I wanted to go and Mm -hmm. and then I you know I moved to Toronto for a while where I was working um in a non-profit organization and so then I started playing shows in Toronto and um and and yeah over time oh I have a friend in Ottawa maybe I'll go stay with them and I'll play a little show there at the little bar down the street and and, um and that's how it started it was just like where do I have friends that I can crash with (laughs) truly and like really and truly that's what it was usually kind of how like who will let me sleep at their place yeah let's play there yeah Yeah. exactly so perfect awesome
1: Nothing glamorous. (laughs) But I mean, you're getting there now, right? (laughs) Soon in the next few years, you know, you'll have Now I get to play in Butcher Cellars in Hanover, so. Exactly. (laughs) Baby steps. (laughs) Uh, So uh, on our break, we're talking a little bit about how uh, the people who are involved in in the show were also heavily involved in the album. Mm -hmm. Um, So first off, what got you, what made you decide that now is the right time to create a full length or your your second um, album, I guess? Yeah,
2: well, the album is a collection of songs that spans quite a lot of time. And so I knew that those songs, I, I wanted to have them on an album. Um, and it was just a matter of, of OK, when am I going to get this done? And um, because I was spending so much time on the road and and toured quite a lot the last four years, um, it was a matter of, like, actually stopping. I had to stop. I had to say, OK, if I'm going to ever record anything else, <laughs> which, you know, I should, probably should, yeah. um, I need to... I need to put the brakes on mm-hmm. on touring and, and at least spend a chunk of time. So that was two years ago, I, I spent the summer, um, I actually went over to um, my friend Carly Dow's uh, place up in Riding Mountain, mm-hmm. and that's where, um, she, she was away on tour, um, great. Um, Convenient, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and she's a great artist, so she was out doing her thing, and then uh, we took up the her, her place out there to, kind of bang out the first um the first drafts anyway of the of the record and then um it was just a, a matter of getting it done so we when I say we I mean my co-producer and I so his name is Mario Lepage and he's um a Francescois we call them so um not a French Sasquatch but a <laughs> Francescois which is like a um a francophone from Saskatchewan and so okay um It sounds, when you say it in English, it sounds a lot like Franz Sasquatch. Yeah. But um, maybe I'll start calling him that. I don't think he'll like it. No. Um, (laughs) Anyway, he's a wonderful artist. His band is called Pontex. They've played um, here quite a lot, so um, at the jazz festival and that kind of thing. Sounds familiar,
1: yeah. Yeah, and -hmm. so
2: we've toured a ton together because we're a couple of Franco kids from the western part of Canada, and we, you know... um, we make weird music so we belong together in that way so we often were getting put on bills together and and that meant we could work on the record while we were on the road that's so we awesome. would like set up in hotel rooms and that kind of thing and wow and try to like cr- you know crank out crank out a couple tracks and um and that's that's how we got it done so it's not even it's not necessarily a matter of why did I choose to do it now it's it was a matter of like you need to making use. the time to, yeah. to 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 do it because uh it's it's like two completely different parts of your brain i find uh, Mm. touring and live and then and then uh, the studio so yeah making making
1: space for that Mm -hmm. yeah and your sound has has changed so Mm -hmm. it's important to get that kind of time stamp yeah if you keep going you're going to keep keep changing keep growing so it's i guess it's good to have it now this is where you're now Mm -hmm. and then you can go back to the touring thing and then you changed again you can do another album yeah right? that's probably what you have to right do. there yeah. you go <laughs> you got you have a system that works for you that's wonderful um so I do have to start wrapping up unfortunately we are out of time this has been so much fun talking to you it has been you. fun thanks for having me I, I, I still have so many questions that I want to <laughs> ask you so that does mean you'll have to come back at some some Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um next album though, I'll give you some time <laughs> so you can go tour in Switzerland France and Germany because that's what you're going after your, your show mm. uh, so thank you so much for coming down it was my uh, pleasure the time. this was a lot of fun uh so everyone is listening, you can check out Rihanna's uh, album release on March 16th, 2019. Obviously, 2019. So <laughs> I don't know why I've been saying that. Uh, it's at uh, West End Culture Center presented by Jazz Fest. Um, opening is Ashley Ow and Gabby Osejo. Yep. Um, I'm getting better. You uh, are, yeah. And uh, it's going to be a an awesome time. I'll include a link to the event page on the podcast post so you can find it easily there as well. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add or, or jump in before we go? Uh I guess I'll just share that
2: at the show there's going to be like members of the Dirty Catfish Brass Band and a cool. string quartet and Michael, the drummer from Rural Canoes, playing on the show and Jocelyn Gould, who's a great jazz guitarist, she's joining me. Uh, so it's just going to be... I mean, I can't wait. It's going to be a party for me. So wow, <laughs> I'm that's
1: really excited. So you're gonna have you're gonna watch. We're gonna have fun on stage. Really, so, <laughs> <There you laughs> so go. that's yeah. what you're paying for. So It's <laughs> going to be good. Awesome. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Vignesh. Thank you so much to Rihanna and to everyone who was involved in the album creating masterpiece process <laughs> of No Repair. No Repair. No Repair. Yeah. Ah, okay. I'll practice it for next. Yeah, there you got it. Uh, And now we're listening to The Love We're Worth.
0: sunlight to fertile earth Selling short the ones we